1: reach for the beer that's made to chill.
0: Get Coors Light in
1: the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
0: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. (laughs) Aw,
2: babe, just a few.
0: (laughs) All right. I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too.
2: The uh, <laughs> smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's.
0: And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or a combo meal.
3: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708 478 6090 mariska's and crest hill family owned and operated since 1933 and chuck's southern comforts cafe in burbank and darien visit chuckscafe.com let's drop the puck
1: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau. It's
0: not even so much me as it's Ronick. He's good.
1: And 670, the scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. You
3: don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. You don't got Dinky Doo. Welcome
1: into the Stanley Cup Final Preview Edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, as always, the one, the only, the person with the craziest family in the history of the world, Jay Zawoski. Jay, I know our listeners aren't going to get to hear what I just got to hear of your family life at home, but dear Lord, man, it is a crazy Saturday morning in the Zawoski house.
3: Oh man, it's uh, 1045 in the morning and we've already been to the farmer's market. We bought some flowers. We've eaten some beignets. Got home to a donut delivery on our porch. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful morning so far, and uh, Addie is so excited about Addie's fashion corner that she was down here with the headphones on and the microphone in her hand before we even started. So it's going to be a rousing edition of the Madhouse Podcast, and uh, it should be Stanley Cup Finals about to. Oh my God! Oh my God! I did it! Mark Lazarus just had a panic attack. There's no S.
1: There's no S.
3: (laughs) Stanley Cup Final is about to kick off. uh, Nashville and Pittsburgh. Uh, And as much as I found myself rooting for Ottawa as that game, as game seven was going on, um, I think this is probably the most ideal matchup. They're the two best teams left in the playoffs for sure. And I think it's going to be one hell of a series.
1: Well, yeah, you got your, you got the matchup that I think is going to produce the most exciting and entertaining hockey. I think the reason a lot of people, including myself, were rooting for Ottawa wasn't necessarily because we love the senators or love the way they play because frankly, their style of play is kind of boring, but it's a it's fundamentally sound, and I think b more importantly, the Senators haven't won a Stanley Cup before, so it would have been cool to have two teams who have never won a cup before going up against going up against each other. So,
3: well, I'm we cool talked a lot match- about sorry, we talked a lot about um, early in the playoffs. That we liked the fact that there was new blood. You had the Oilers, you had the Leafs, you had Ottawa, you had not the Nashville's new blood, but you had different teams going deep in the playoffs instead of the same old, same old. Aside from of course the Penguins, um, and that in itself was interesting to me, and I like that. You know, I thought that was a cool way to uh, have the playoffs go. Now, the story going into these play this series, and it would have been worse had Ottawa won. Is how it's not a great matchup for the ratings and blah blah blah. And I've complained about this before, so I'm not going to do it again. But look. If you like hockey, it shouldn't matter what cities are involved. You've got two great teams involved, and it's going to be a great series. And one thing, James, I think another reason a lot of people might have been rooting for Ottawa, at least Hawks fans, is this notion that if the Penguins win another cup, it sort of (sighs) negates or minimizes what the Hawks accomplished, winning three cups in six years. Um, I don't think that it minimizes it. it, it certainly sparks a debate on which team was more dominant over the decade. Um, but it doesn't take away what the Hawks did, and I don't think that, um, you know, as as poor as they looked in the first round against Nashville this year, um, I think after b- being able to sleep on it for a while and seeing Nashville play in this series, maybe the Hawks aren't as bad as we thought they were in the first round, and maybe Nashville is just really damn good, and, and we didn't seem to recognize it at the time.
1: No, I, I can see that. Um, I think that, it definitely, to me, it doesn't minimize at all what the Blackhawks have accomplished. It's still a crazy accomplishment to win three Stanley Cups in six years. That is a really, that that's a sparkling achievement in an NHL that's just dominated by the salary cap and basically designed to where a team can't end up accomplishing that. And frankly, the Penguins getting to the Stanley Cup final in back-to-back seasons, that too is something that's kind of impressive just because, you know, this is the NHL you're not supposed to be able to have a team stay together like this for multiple years and get back to multiple Stanley Cup finals and I think that it's really cool that the Penguins were able to do that and I think it's possible to say that without somehow diminishing or undermining what the Blackhawks have achieved
3: well I I posted a poll question on the Madhouse pod Twitter account uh, a couple days ago and I asked for, uh, for Saturday's podcast who are you rooting for and the Stanley Cup final. And they made the options the fickle division rival, that's the Nashville Predators, who have done everything they can to keep Blackhawks fans out and be as corny and annoying as they can be with their attendance policy. And the other option for Pittsburgh was the other team that can win three. Okay, so those are sort of the two, I think the two sort of mental dilemmas the Hawks fans are having with the series. 87% of the voters say they're rooting for Nashville over Pittsburgh. So that tells me... That that third cup for the Penguins is something that the Haw- that Hawks fans don't want to see. They want to have the no doubt, uh, you know, stamp of dominance on the decade. And if Nashville beats Pittsburgh, I think the Hawks still have a grasp on. Yeah, the Penguins have made it to a lot of finals for sure, but the Hawks have never lost one. And if they if the Penguins can't win that third one, especially the second one in a row, that solidifies the Hawks' position as most dominant. And it seems like that's a huge factor. For, look, our poll results, 87% of Hawks fans are rooting for Nashville over the Penguins.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that our listeners definitely feel strongly that they somehow want to protect the Blackhawks legacy. I just, I, I don't feel that way, man. That's not, that's not the reason I'm rooting for the Predators in the Stanley Cup Final. And I, I, I think anyone who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time knows that I I appreciate success, and I think that it's always cool when a team does something remarkable. So if the Penguins end up winning, it's going to bum me out because I really do want to see P.K. Subban win the Stanley Cup and parade it around Montreal and wave it in everyone's face. That's, like, <laughs> the main reason I want Nashville to win. But then there are secondary reasons. Like, I would love Nashville as a hockey-loving city. I think it'd be really awesome for them to win the Stanley Cup and I, just, I love the idea of a team winning their first. That is always the yeah. cool thing in sports. It's so infrequent now that a team is able to win their first championship. And for a team to have that opportunity again this season, it's kind of why I was rooting for San Jose last year, and it's why I'm rooting for Nashville this year. I just I want to see them get that first one and hoist that first banner to the rafters. I think that would be really cool for the Predators to accomplish
3: that. I totally agree with you. And the Subban angle for sure is one that's very interesting because I've said all along about the Predators, I love the way that they have built themselves. They've made a lot of gutsy trades. They've made a lot of long-view trades. You know, the, you look at the one a couple years ago where they traded Martin E. Rat for Philip Forsberg. That was a gutsy trade at the time. Martin E. Ratt was one of their better players. And for a new fan base, that was probably tough for them to swallow. But now Philip Forsberg has become uh, an absolute force for the Predators He's going to be there for a long time, and look, the balls to pull off the trade, to trade Shea Weber, the face of your franchise for the better part of a decade, um, for PK Subban was a huge move that took a lot of sack to make, and uh, they did it, and it's paying off. You know, I I think Shea Weber's a really nice player and a good player, but PK Subban's a different sort of guy, and uh, the guy that can sort of energize a fan base, energize an organization, energize a franchise. Um, And I love that they had the guts to pull the trigger on a guy that was their face, their core player, their best player for a really long time. They did it because they knew it would make them better. And look, they're being rewarded with an appearance in the Stanley Cup final. And I think in a lot of people's mind, they're probably the favorites to win.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would agree with that, especially with Ryan Johansson being out. I think that that's definitely a huge factor um, going into who I'm going to pick to win the series, which I'm sure we're going to get to actual picks later we're just talking about kind of rooting interest right now the suban trade was always interesting to me because i always felt like it was a way for nashville to establish their identity in a slightly different way nashville's identity had always been that they were a defensively strong team that you know couldn't really score enough goals to really you know get over the hump so to speak and they always had the solid goaltending too, but that scoring angle was just something that they weren't able to get And then once they got Subban, it felt kind of like the culmination of picking up players, guys like Philip Forsberg, like you mentioned, guys like James Neal. It it felt like they slowly but surely were acquiring scorers to kind of go along with that defense. And they didn't sacrifice that defense with any of the moves that they made. And then P.K. Subban was kind of the icing on the cake. He was kind of the, honestly, he was kind of like the Marion Hossa type acquisition for the Predators. Yeah where it kind of cemented everything and kind of really kickstarted them down this path towards being potentially a perennial Stanley Cup contender because this team, the way they've been able to develop and uh, find talent, like, it's not just guys like Subban. It's also the younger guys that they've been able to, you know, throw out there. I mean, even guys like Colton Sissons, for crying out loud, it's like, are you kidding me? They just have been able to identify and find this talent and it's gotten them to this point, and you have to give them all the credit in the world for being able to decide, hey, this is the identity that we want to do get for our team, and this is the direction we want to go. They made a plan, they stuck with it, and they won a Western Conference title as a result.
3: Well, you know, like you said, Subban being that sort of, uh, I you say like the switch that that flipped for the organization, making them a true contender. The other thing is, um, you know, they had with Weber. You've got three really solid stay-at-home guys. You've got Weber, you've got Ellis, you got Roman Yossi, right? But bringing Subban in for Weber adds that element of offense. And like we've seen from the Hawks, year after year, when they've won those Stanley Cups, the offense starts from your puck-moving defenseman. And that's what Subban gives them that they never had before. And you got to give credit, too, to Peter LaViolette, who has allowed them to come out of that shell a little bit and to, and to be a little more uh, risk-taking and a little more high-flying and, and not rely so much on the defensive trapping style that that works and it can get you some wins but it it doesn't really get you a lot of series wins um so i'd love to see now that nashville has sort of converted into an attacking team with some speed with some offense uh pk suban absolutely the catalyst for that and and i think you know one b would be peter laviolette just letting them have that freedom i'm I'm really excited about this series i really am i think it's going to be fantastic i'm having a hard time picking it um just because like you said ryan johansson being out is a big loss for them but man they the way they handled the hawks and the blues um it's just like i feel like they're sort of a team of destiny at this point
1: yeah i i can definitely see the argument there it's just that the the way that pittsburgh has been playing it's so it's difficult for me to you know argue that team of destiny is going to be able to overcome just the kind of the guts, honestly, that the Penguins have shown. And I know that, like, they're the defending champion. They're supposed to be able to take on all comers. They, I mean, they beat Columbus. They beat Washington. I mean, those are two really good hockey teams that they beat. And then they were able to withstand just the insane pressure that the Ottawa Senators put on them for seven straight games. I mean, the, the Senators really forced the Penguins into doing things that they weren't comfortable doing. And Pittsburgh was still able... To figure out a way to win that series. And I know it took them until double overtime of Game 7 to win. But if you watched Game 7, it honestly did feel like the Penguins were going to win the entire time. Even though it did go to overtime.
3: Yeah, it was a matter I, of time sort of a feel.
1: It, it was just like kind of like, when's the dam going to break? Because it really felt like they were getting the higher quality chances. I know Ottawa is a very you know disciplined team. And they limited those opportunities to an extent. But I felt like the Penguins, it was like picking a lock for them. They, it seemed like they had all the tumblers in place, and it was just a matter of finally being able to pull the door open, so to speak. And they finally got it, and I thought it was a very well deserved win. So I, I've been really impressed by how the Penguins have gone about their business and how they've gotten to this point. And, and it's fascinating to me that they're going to be going up against this Nashville team that, you know, has, like you said, been on this kind of charmed run, and they've beaten the Blackhawks emphatically. They beat st louis emphatically they faced a little adversity against the ducks and they still got the job done so these teams have had these really interesting paths to the playoff or to the stanley cup final and nashville may be a team of destiny so to speak but the road still goes through pittsburgh and i think that's the way it should be after the season that we've had
3: all right well with that said are you ready to make a pick on the series
1: I am indeed ready to make a pick on the right. series.
3: Before we get to some Hawks stuff, you make your pick, I'll make mine, and then we'll move on to some Blackhawks talk, because we do actually have some news today.
1: They always give us news, like, to to kind of tie this over when it's the off season. It's been kind of nice.
3: I appreciate it from them. I really do.
1: Yeah, they do it on purpose. I think <laughs> yeah. they wait until days that we're recording. All right, who do you got? I am going to pick Pittsburgh and six. I I, th- I do think they are going to repeat as champions. I really think that Nashville has a great chance to win the series. It would not shock me in the least if they did. But I, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I'm going for them to get the repeat. And I'm going for Matt Murray to get his second Stanley Cup as a rookie. Well, How often does that happen?
3: I don't think ever. I can't imagine that's ever happened.
1: The only guy that it could potentially have happened for would be Ken Dryden. And even then,
3: I don't think that it did. That's a damn good thing to look up. We should have, we'll have our production staff look that up for us. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. go with uh, when the season began, when we had our season preview, I picked the Nashville Predators to win a Stanley Cup. We know. I'm, I'm going to maintain that pick, and I'm going to say Nashville wins it in seven. It's going to be a very tough series, but look, the way the Predators handled the Hawks and the Blues and the Ducks, three very tough teams to beat, especially in the playoffs. Uh, yes, I know they're without Ryan Johansson, but Pittsburgh's got some injury problems as well. Pekka Rene has been absolutely outstanding throughout these playoffs i don't see any reason why that wouldn't continue very funny after the win against anaheim i think it was which game was it after one of the games renee said something like our path has been pretty easy like he talked about how it hasn't really been a tough challenge for nashville yet so uh he's with he's playing with extreme confidence So are the predators they've had some time to rest here while the Penguins are playing uh, game seven double overtime. So I'm going to pick Nashville in seven and what will be a classic series. And I hope to God people watch it because it's going to be outstanding.
1: Yeah, it's going to be some good hockey. And I think you're really missing out if you don't end up watching this series. And you're going to regret it when it's August and you're missing hockey and you don't have the World Cup of Hockey to get your competitive juices going. You're going to miss hockey. So watch it now.
3: Speaking of missing out, You'll be missing out if you do not go to visit our friends at Mariska's Restaurant in Crest Hill. That's a hell of a segue, my friend. 815-723-9371-604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill. Family owned and operated at the same location since 1933. Third and fourth generations of Joe's family. So the zadrolovich The problem is the, the Zdralovich. The it's the the's was throwing me off. It's not the last name. It's the Zdralovich family serving you since 1933. Hand-cut products in your own butcher shop, including their steaks, burgers, and, of course, the world-famous Poor Boy Sandwich, one of the greatest food items you'll ever shove in your face hole. They serve the highest quality of steaks, seafood, and chops, and numerous homemade items made fresh in-house, including their fantastic onion rings and the football-sized double-baked potatoes. The Icelandic cod, hand-cut on-premises, tremendous, that's James's favorite thing. Uh, they've got a carry-out menu, as well, full bar with great craft beers, banquet facilities for groups to up to 110 people. So visit Mariskas.com or check them out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. Open seven days a week and closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. So like we mentioned, there is some Hawks news today. Defenseman Michael Kempney has signed a one-year extension for $900,000, according to Capgeek. The signing is official. The $900,000 is according to Capgeek. That's a one-way deal. Uh, So very happy to see Michael Kempney back in a fold. That's a dude who is going to hopefully play more with the potential departure of Brian Campbell. Johnny Oduya will likely not be back. I can't imagine a scenario in which he's back. Um, And you might lose Van Riemsdyke in the expansion draft with the Golden Knights, so to sign a uh, youngish, somewhat experienced defenseman that you're familiar with who knows the system is a good move in my mind, and I hope to God he plays more because he certainly deserved it.
1: And Michael Roosevelt also may end up not getting a waiver to leave the nursing home that he lives at too. So there's <laughs> all there's all sorts of things that you have to keep in mind with the uh, Michael Kempney signing. And I, realistically for me, I think the Blackhawks kind of didn't give him the fairest of shakes last year. It seemed like they were too quick to bench him. They were too slow to bring him back into the fold. I thought he showed a lot of potential and I know that he was a rookie. So there was going to be a learning curve, learning the NHL game. I felt like he did a really nice job of kind of adjusting. And I'm really curious to see how he does in his second year. And I'm glad the Blackhawks were able to kind of lock him up, even though, you know, he, he had every reason in the world to kind of be annoyed with the way that he was used by the team. I'm glad they locked him up. I'm glad they've got him back in the fold. And I really do think that on a team that has kind of an aging blue line, you're definitely going to want a guy that is younger and a guy that's quicker. And I think that Kempney is going to give you those things. And I'm really excited to see kind of what year two has in store for him. And I'm glad they got this deal done as early as they did.
3: Well, I hope that Quinville sort of learned his lesson this year. Um, When things are not working out in the playoffs and you need someone to step up, you've got to have people that are ready. And the regular season, great. They had the best record in the Western Conference. What did it get them? Zero playoff wins, right? So get these guys ready. Michael Kempney needs to play. Give him the minutes. And the thing that's bugged me about Q, and we've talked about this so many times, but he's got his pets. He's got the guys he loves. And Trevor Van Riemsdyk was given every opportunity to fail and more. Meanwhile, Michael Kempney has a bad shift or two, and he doesn't play for a month it's just very frustrating that it seems like an uneven process of evaluation there. Um, and I think Kepney's ceiling is much higher than Van Reem's Like, of course, you know, Quenville knows a lot more about hockey than I do. I'm not arguing that, but <laughs> I just want to see the dude get some fair treatment. I don't think he's gotten that so far. And I think next year, um, because of their cap situation with this signing, they're almost $4 million over the cap already um, already. And that's without it going up, which it probably will about 2 million. Yeah. Um, but, they're going to need to play him because they're not going to be able to bring in a bunch more people they've also got their eye on another Czech defenseman Jan Ruda who is a free agent um, played over with uh, Parati in the what league is that I don't know one of those leagues Um, anyway it's another guy sort of in the Kempney mold but there's a lot of teams in for his services so it's no guarantee the Hawks will sign him but if they can that's another somewhat experienced you know 24 25 year old guy who's got some pro experience then come in and and play, you know, maybe like what Kempney did last year, 45, 50, 60 games, and hopefully uh, you've got something there with him. So this is the way the Hawks are going to improve this international free agent market. They did it with Panarin. They've done it with Kempney. Now they're trying to do it with Jan Ruta, and we'll see if he ends up uh, in the Blackhawks sweater. But Bowman is trying to find ways to improve this team uh, without having to spend free agent money on established NHLers because, frankly, he just doesn't have it at this point.
1: I guess you could say Stan Bowman is checking out all his options. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say that. uh, You know what? I would, dang it.
3: (laughs) Oh, one more bit of news, too, on the Hawks. Reports that Ulf Samuelson is uh, poised to be the next assistant coach of the Hawks. Apparently, he was spotted at O'Hare Airport late last week. Was Um, he body-checking anyone? Yeah, he was actually knee-to-knee hitting all the stewardesses. (laughs) He's just taking everybody out. He also checked Sergei Krivokrasov into Wayne Gretzky's wife at the uh, at the um, at the McDonald's at O'Hare.
1: Yeah, actually, I don't know any of the restaurants at O'Hare. <laughs> that that joke was all you. <laughs> There's got to be a McDonald's in there, right? <laughs> well, there isn't a Midway anymore, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, they got rid of it. They like did an entire line change of restaurants at Midway. Like, I was literally there at the end of April, and then like a week later, I was writing a story for NBC about how. They literally were changing out every single restaurant at Midway. It was well, crazy.
3: That's a great idea because every time I'm at Midway, I'm like, oh, yes, McDonald's breakfast. Then for the remainder of my flight, I'm just holding in a fart. <laughs> like for the for the entire flight, I'm like, Jay, that's your entire life is <laughs> you're no, holding in a fart. <laughs> come on. That's not true. But just to like, oh, man, I'm here early at the airport. There's a McGriddle right there. I can expense it from work. I'm going to get myself a McGriddle and then just just hold just clench the entire flight. It's a lot of fun. Not worth it. Um, if they had a Mariska's at the, uh, at the airport, that would be all down for that. Well, That's what I, you know what? Then, then
1: they'd be corporate sellouts, and who wants that?
3: Nobody. Well, eh, hold your thought but, on uh, that. You know what? Wait a minute. I bet the
1: Zdralovich <laughs> family would be totally cool with selling out if it meant that they would get the kind of scratch they'd get from being at Midway Airport. I think they'd be all right.
3: Yeah, I'm down with that. By the way, uh, Samuelson. Uh, This came up on the Spiegel and Parkinson show. Matt Spiegel saw the news and said, oh, does this mean that the Hawks are sort of shifting to a more violent uh, physical style of play? And he had been – Samuelson had been coaching the Charlotte Checkers in the American Hockey League, and they were second to last in penalty minutes this year. So um, it's not necessarily translating to, um, you know, just because you play like a dick doesn't mean you coach like a dick. And, oh, by the way – Yeah, well, there you go. That's sort of the – well – uh, and the other, speaking of coaching like a dick, you see who the Blues just hired?
1: Oh uh, yeah, um, that that guy that I try not to think about very often. I believe it'd be one
3: Stephen Ott. Steve? Oh, Stephen. You went formal on that, huh? He is
1: named Stephen Ott. He Stephen is very, Ott. He is a very effective uh, checking forward
3: who was kind of a dick bag, and no one likes him. <laughs> That's on his scouting report. Well, someone's got to like him because the dude keeps finding work, whether it's. Uh, on NHL teams, or now behind the bench of the Blues, um, there's he's got to be doing something right. He must be like a good locker room guy or something. But I don't know. It's uh, I find it. Hard, I can't find much redeemable about him. But there's got to be something that kept him employed as long as he was, and uh, now contributing to the Blues as so a wait, coach.
1: Now the Blues have him as an assistant coach, and they have Martin Brodeur as an assistant GM, right?
3: And Uncle Dad, yes,
1: yes, Uncle. Oh my God, every every time that commercial comes up for enterprise rent-a-car oh, I, I always go uncle dad and well it's, it's weird all your the fault kids are there i too. hate you yes it's not my fault yes it i is. didn't marry
3: a sister-in-law either. you're the
1: one no you're the one that put that idea in my head and now it won't go away and now i'm upset
3: i just gave you facts
1: <laughs> you, you gave me facts that have ruined me you have <laughs> ruined sorry. me psychologically and i'm gonna bill you for my therapy later
3: all right sorry about that hey by the way if you want to order yourself a Steve Ott St. Louis Blues coaching jersey
1: It's going to have a bow it, tie on it and it's, it's going to look real <laughs> dapper let me tell you
3: uh, Triple Threat Sports will tell you I don't know what the hell a coaching jersey is so and hang up on you but then you can call back and order the uh, Jan Ruda Blackhawks jersey or maybe a Michael Kempney Blackhawks jersey because Triple Threat is the best place to go in the area for get your to get your NHL jerseys lettered but Did you know, and I'm sure you know by now, they're the best place to go if your team needs jerseys. If you're a travel team, high school team, college team that needs hundreds of jerseys, or if you need 10 for your beer and pizza league, Triple Threat Sports will hook you up with awesome looking jerseys at prices you can afford. They'll help you design the logo, the fitting, the off-ice apparel, everything you need. And it's not just hockey at Triple Threat. You can get basketball, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse. Everything you need at Triple Threat, they've got it for you for your uniform needs. So call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreadsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it, and we, support. we thank them. Again, they were our original sponsor when we just started this little podcast. So thanks to Triple Threat for sticking with us and for supplying all the t-shirts and koozies and everything for our Patreon site. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, a buck, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever, visit patreon.com slash madhouse pod. Every penny earned uh, on the Patreon site goes to supporting the podcast, paying for our uh, bandwidth, paying for our equipment, paying for our drug um, habits, our drug habits, our beer, everything, <laughs> everything that keeps us sane. Every penny, honestly, every penny goes to supporting the podcast, not to profit at all. That's what our sponsors are for. Uh, the Patreon money is for you guys to get more podcasts, more often, and closer to you. So we appreciate any support you can provide. Patreon dot com slash Madhouse Pod. Yeah, boom, boom. All right, what's what else is on your mind, pal? Oh, um, this what? thing we talked about it early—the whole uh, notion of the penguins and hawks sort of vying for supremacy of the decade. This is going to bug me if the Penguins win. And this is a huge reason that I'm rooting for them to lose, honestly, because I just don't want to hear about I don't want to have this argument all the time because it, it shocks me how quickly Hawks fans have bailed on the Blackhawks. They won a cup two years ago. Two years ago, they won the Stanley Cup. Can we not just turn our back on the team that's won three Stanley Cups in six years? Fans talk like about the players and about the team like they've never won a thing. They've all you know, uh, underachieved and that their careers are over without any accomplishments. Three Stanley Cups. Three. Three. I just don't understand. Meanwhile, you guys are committed Bears fans for hundreds of years. You support the Cubs for 108 years of losing, but the Hawks don't win one for two years and you're ready to jump ship on the Hawks and all the guys that have done this for you? screw that man that bugs me
1: you know what really grinds jay's gears when people try to bail on the blackhawks or when they badmouth brent seabrook those are the two things that really grind jay's gears
3: i don't mind badmouthing brent seabrook there's no doubt that he's declining it's just the fact that like people are villainizing him now because of his contract well okay you'd be mad at sam bowman if you want for that but look brent seabrook is a huge part of why you won three stanley cups and, yes, he's got a ton of miles on him. Remember, he was playing for the Blackhawks two years before most people started watching, right? 2007 was his rookie year, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was,
1: uh, no, it was Earlier 2000. I think it was the oh five oh six 6 season was his rookie year.
3: Yeah, so he's been grinding away for the Blackhawks for a really long time, not to mention all those long playoff runs, not to mention all the international play. Um, this is sort of the natural progression of a guy. So I hope to God that because of this contract – that people don't start looking at Brent Seabrook the way White Sox fans look at Adam Dunn right it's it sort of has that feel of Ugh, seabrook, uh Seabrook come on okay wait a minute adam dunn didn't do anything for the white Sox man. exactly that's my point
1: yeah like that that to me it's like okay if, if white Sox fans want to you know pillory and make fun of uh adam dunn i'm totally cool with that but if you're going to treat brent seabrook that way that dude's won 3 cups he's got 3 rings on his finger you have three banners hanging in your arena, partly because he was on the team. So people need to cool their jets if they're going to start treating him like that guy. Well, that that Then I will join you in your angry tirades and fists shaking.
3: Yeah, I you know, I, I, I'm i not, again, criticize him if you want, but I just, to treat him and to sort of, you know, act like he never did anything for the team, is just, it's just annoying. Um, I guess I'm more forgiving than most people. And uh, I understand sort of why what's happening to Brent Seabrook is happening. And, yeah, that contract is too long. There's no doubt about it. The money, I think, is pretty fair considering what he had accomplished and his age at the time and blah, blah, blah. And the fact that he probably took less money to play during his prime years than he could have. Um, I just – I hate I hate that. And that's – to me, that's like the thing about the salary cap that, that really sucks is now guys just become a cap hit, right? And it's not even about uh, what they do, what they've done, what they've accomplished. It's now – well, this guy's killing us cap-wise. We had to get rid of him. Uh, he sucks now, blah, 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 blah. And it's just none of that is true. You know, and it just – it can be very, very frustrating.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right about that. And it really – it has sucked to kind of see the tide turn in that way. Like, I get, like, the frustration over the cap hit, but people really need to they, – they really do need to cool their jets a little bit and don't let your passion, don't let your irritation about the way the season ended – cloud your judgment and make you say you know patently ridiculous things when it comes to this contract it's a deal that's not great it's not going to be great in the next few years as he starts his decline which i think we've already seen but just try to try to take it a little bit easy like that guy had a really solid prime for the blackhawks I mean, that, that's all we're trying to say just uh have a little bit of perspective my friends
3: yeah i think that's fair that's a fair expectation
1: There was something else that I wanted to bring up. Actually, there's two things. One was an article that you sent to me before the podcast about there being 12 NHL teams that are going to be changing up their jerseys next season going into the uh, new deal with Adidas. And one of them actually was pretty surprising to me. The Boston Bruins, apparently, are going to be changing up their jerseys a little bit. What do you think about that?
3: Um, You know, I I see why it's controversial because it's an original six team and they've had traditional uniforms, blah, blah, blah. But their uniforms now, like their default home jerseys, they look bad. I think they look kind of dated and kind of, I don't know, like out of style. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. I don't really like how they look. So I welcome it. that doesn't really bother as long as it doesn't stray too much from the original idea i think it's okay um the hawks are not one of the teams affected by the way so don't no, worry about nor should they be um but i kind of look for, i like the general adidas look of uniforms so i think they're going to do a cool job i'm really uh i'm excited to see what they're going to present for some of these teams because um yeah it's weird that an original six team would be tampered with but if there's one that needs it it's definitely the bruins i think they just look they change kind of a lot too they've they've tweaked their home jerseys a lot it's, yeah, that, it's not like Montreal or Chicago or Detroit where it's been the same look for years and years and years. It's It has definitely changed um, over time. So I think of all of them, that one, I guess, makes the most sense to change.
1: I, I would agree with that. I think there are certain other teams that I think definitely need kind of a refresh. I think the Buffalo Sabres need to adjust their colors. Like, I, I kind of am not a huge fan of the super dark blue. I think they need to go a little bit lighter. I guess. Yeah,
3: I mean, the classics, Um, the Pat LaFontaine and the Alexander McGilney era, those were the great Sabres uniforms. And you know why they were great? Because they're timeless. These teams all Mm -hmm. are trying to, like, be ultra-modern with their looks, and it just doesn't work. Just stick with the basics. Nice straight lines, nice primary colors. You're going to be set. Think of the best uniforms in hockey. The Hawks, the Red Wings, the Canadians. They all have a very basic design with very you know plain not plain like boring but plain red black white blue it's not all navies and golds and all these sort of abstract colors yeah bright is good especially on ice especially on tv
1: i do appreciate teams that are willing to kind of break the you know the barriers with color like i appreciated what the dallas stars did going for the really bright green yeah but it's bright i thought that that was really smart
3: definitely but see that was that, that's the sort of change I'm talking about though. You're you're going from what they had before with like black and gold with like a forest green, you can't see anything. It's all one color on the ice. Now they have the bright green and those jerseys are sharp as hell. They look yep. great. And you could say what you want about the logo being a little like not super creative and that's true. But at least it's simple. At least you see what it is. It's a nice silver star with a big D on it. I think those look great. I love those uniforms.
1: I, I also would like to uh, go on record as saying that if we're changing out jerseys, I think the New Jersey Devils need to go to the red and green full-time. Oh, yeah. Just uh, just throwing that out there.
3: I totally agree with you. This is a nice setup for Addie's Fashion Corner, by the way. Yeah, I think we
1: should do that. We haven't done that in a while.
3: Let's do it right now. It is now time for the Stanley Cup Final Edition... Of Addie's Fashion Corner. Addie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's very nice to have you back. (gasps) I know you've been impatient and wanting to do this. And the fans have been asking, when is Addie's Fashion Corner coming back? (laughs) Well, now Mm -hmm. it's back.
2: It's back now.
3: Okay, so. I've
2: been missing it. You've been
3: missing it? Yeah. Well, we've been Um, missing you.
2: Yes, I've been begging you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She's making you seem like a really mean dad, Jay. No, am no, I I a mean, Dad? No. I'm the best dad ever. Right? Yeah. Yep. All right, we're going to mm-hmm. do the, because it's the Stanley Cup final, we're mm-hmm. going to do the Penguins and the Predators. Okay. And we're going to start with the Pittsburgh Penguins home jerseys because they have the home ice advantage. Okay. So here we are looking at a nice black Penguins jersey, Sidney mm-hmm. Crosby number 87. Tell me about the Penguins' black jerseys and what you think.
2: I think it looks good, but I think that the numbers could be, like, Right. Oops. It's I okay. forgot. How no, to... it's right. Go Um ahead. The um, numbers could be like up, like on the other side of the sea. Oh,
3: yeah. That, like on the chest. That'd be cool. Yeah. I like that idea.
2: And then laces could be up here.
3: Okay. You want some laces. All right. I like those changes. Maybe we'll talk to the people at Adidas, see if they'll add some laces and a nice number on the chest plate for the penguins. Now we're going to go to the Predators home jerseys, the yellow Jerseys, And remember, when they wear these, Addy, they wear yellow helmets. So what do you think of these yellow Predators jerseys?
2: Well, I think the um, if, like, the same thing over here.
3: Okay. There could be. Like, A number on the front.
2: Like, like, um, and then the numbers on the front. Okay. Then, um, it could be, like, the Predator could be up here, too.
3: Okay, so smaller on the Predator. Yeah. Do you like that logo, the Predator's logo, yeah. the cat? Mm-hmm. You think that's cool?
2: Yeah, and it looks like a... like a
3: Sabertooth um, tiger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the numbers on the back with the stripes on them? Do you like the stripes on there?
2: No, because you can't really see
3: them. Yeah, I agree. So
2: I, They could be like a bigger and a different color.
3: Okay, what do you think of them wearing yellow helmets with these jerseys?
2: Well, they kind of look cool for the um, goalie because like... The goalies one because the um, like the like the stripes on them I think okay. that looks cool. Well, what
3: about for the skaters? There with just a plain yellow helmet. You like that? No. No. It could yeah. be
2: there could be like different lines like the goalie. Too.
3: So you would like like a striped sort of a helmet? Yes. Well, that would be nice. That would match the theme of the numbers. Yeah. And would you keep them yellow or would you make them navy blue?
2: I'd make them like blue on the back.
3: Blue on Okay, so it's so sort of like a, J- a Jacksonville Jaguars helmet, two colors. Yeah, so like <laughs> this one. Oh, that's okay. I can see that. Yeah. Well, that's uh, man, you've got some ambitious design ideas. <laughs> yeah, I've
2: been she does. Thinking of them at school. You so. have
3: been? Have you been paying attention at school though?
2: Mhm.
3: Yeah. Okay. What about the Blackhawks uniform? Would you change anything on it? Well, I mean, these are the colors. So let me look at this. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> don't tap. No, uh, you've given her the trick question. Yeah, she
3: wasn't ready for this.
2: I think they could change the um the stripes up here to be a little smaller.
3: Okay. All right. I like because those ideas. Because they're
2: too big. All sure. right.
3: I got it. Addie, thank you so much for participating in Addie's Fashion Corner. You're welcome. We missed oh. having you.
2: And one thing about here. Yeah. They couldn't have the word. I don't. Oh, you don't like on? the word on nope. the gloves?
3: Nope. Okay, so you want plain Yes. No branded gloves.
2: And under that will be a um, navy blue.
3: I like it. Thank you, Addie. You're welcome. Everyone missed Thank you. We're you, happy to have you back. All right. All right, Bye, see you later. James. Bye, Addie. <laughs> oh man. It's another day in the nut house. <sighs> welcome to
1: welcome to the crazy town.
3: Yes. Alright, are you ready for some emails, my friend?
1: Yeah, let's knock a few of those out before we say goodbye to the good people. All right.
0: Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod.
3: The email segment is brought to you by Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Addie's favorite place. We go there for her birthday every year. We went there this week with two locations, one in Burbank, 6501 West 79th Street, and in Darien, 8025 South Cass Avenue, visit chuckscafe.com for a list of their daily specials their beer menus all that good stuff chucks is awesome it is my favorite place ever uh in the Southside area uh so make sure you go there for great barbecue great mexican great cajun fare i had the jambalaya when i was out there for addy's birthday dude i said to my wife i can't imagine anyone making a better jambalaya than this i can imagine someone being like if i was in new orleans someone being on par with it but I can't imagine it being better. There's absolutely nothing I would change about it. Um, they've got the crawfish in it. They've got the shrimp. They've got the seafood-free edition with chicken or just the uh, the sausage, whatever you want to do. They've got it for you. It's awesome. The jambalaya is great. The barbecue nachos are great. My favorite is the Saturday special, the Coach Anita Pabil. Make sure you check that out on Saturdays. That's sort of their uh, their franchise item, I guess you would say. Um, and I, for the first time, I tried their wings. Oh, they were phenomenal, nice and crispy, delicious. Their daily specials, whatever they are, are always incredible. There is something for everyone at Chuck's. A basic cheeseburger, uh, the most elaborate Cajun dish you can imagine. Every, everyone will be happy with what they order at Chuck's. They've got a fantastic bar with dozens of craft beers and an ever-rotating beer menu. They offer catering services, banquet services, and more. You've seen them on Chicago's Best and food networks diners drive-ins and dives check those both out on youtube and visit chuckscafe.com or follow them on twitter at Chuck's Cafe. again chuck southern comforts cafe in burbank and Darian. we love them we welcome them to the podcast and you guys will be big fans of chucks as soon as you try it the place is fantastic so let's start our emails here first one comes from wally he says a two-part question first Lately, it seems like the trend among Hawks fans is calling for Seabrook to be traded this summer. Now, I'll admit that the contract is less than ideal, but based on the Hawks' closing window, I don't see how moving him makes the team any better. Yes, it will free up up cap space, but there isn't any better, cheaper free agent D to step in and replace him. Why Why do you think so many people are calling for him to be moved? Second, if Bowman wasn't kidding, and a major core piece is moved this summer, Do you think the draft being in Chicago will affect anything? For example, would Stan wait until after the draft to move a major name? I can just picture the outrage that the commissioner goes on stage to announce a trade Friday night as it's a longtime fan favorite. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Wally, thanks for the great questions, man. Those are very good questions. And, of course, James is keeping track of the best ones so we can give a random card from my collection uh, here. Uh, Wally, an early leader, even though he was our only email so far.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like saying the leadoff hitter has the best batting average on the team to start a game. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, of course.
3: Um, so the Seabrook <laughs> thing we discussed. Um, yeah, we did. So I, think we, I think the of...
1: draft angle is interesting, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, what do you think about that? you think he would ever have the balls to trade a Brent Seabrook or an Artemi Panarin at the draft? I would be surprised I... if that happened.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, you have to realize that the guy he has a job to do and the probably the best time to do a trade like this is at the draft. It seems like that's where you're probably going to get the most bang for your buck on the trade market. So I think he's going to have to suck it up and make that deal, you know, even if it's at the draft and I know it may not be the most popular thing in the world, but Hey, anything that engages fans and anything that gets tongues wagging, I'm sure they're okay with, and I'm sure John McDonough is not going to meddle if it's a trade that's going to make the team better. John McDonough is not going to sit there and go, hey, Stan, don't do this at our signature showcase event. I, I think that Stan is going to have free reign and kind of have the ability to do whatever he wants, and I, I think that's important because this team definitely needs some work, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of approach this.
3: Uh, yes, I do think that McDonough might have a little more influence on that than we have given it credit. Um, I Maybe they do it the day before. Or in the hours leading up to i cannot see a podium announcement of a major blackhawk getting traded i just can't i can't imagine that if it happened it would be incredible
1: <laughs> and i would it'd be a great reaction in the oh. united center that's for sure and the
3: conversation following it would be fabulous and that's what i live for is awesome things to talk about on the podcast but it would shock me severely if that was ever to happen
1: um, got an email here. I can't believe we're already a, we're all, we're less than a month away from this draft. I know. How crazy is that?
3: It's insane, man. We're getting close to the expansion draft too. We got a lot to talk about this summer. Uh, yep. By the way, speaking of that, talk to my uh, most beloved and reliable source. He doesn't seem to think anything huge is going to happen here. Um. So, and I said, well, what Ow! about like what Bowman said? And he he seemed to think that the Mike Kitchen thing might have been it. So, for what it's worth i don't know i I just that's one man's opinion he's been right a lot of times but he's been wrong before too um but i just i don't know maybe i you think things would have been done by now who knows who knows but the way bowman was talking made it seem like major changes were coming i have seen um name in rumors here and there um and that's another one you talk about seabrook i don't see how you make the team better by making that move unless you feel like uh, Alex Dabrinkit is ready to go right away next year, and there's going to be an adjustment period for him. Uh, You think Nick Schmaltz is a full-time center? Is Kruger coming back? I don't know. I I just don't know how you can get rid of Anisimov without getting immediate NHL help. But the reason you trade him in the first place is for cap relief, so you would assume if they move him it's for picks and prospects, right? You would think so, yeah. So I don't know if – I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I think I still think something's going to happen. Something unexpected is going to happen. But uh, I don't know. To see it happen on the podium at the draft, that would really surprise me. That would really, really surprise me. Our right, next email. It'd be great here. theater. Oh, definitely. Uh, next email here from Tim. He says, please clarify your hatred of train talkers. Is it people talking on the phone or people talking in person? I'm okay with real-life conversation, excluding teenagers, but loud phone <laughs> talkers are awful. These people I was talking about were literally shouting across the upper deck to each other.
1: Oh, yeah, that's awful.
3: That's ridiculous. That's You talk to each other on a train. I don't care about that. Even if you're on the phone, at a reasonable level, I know phone calls have to happen. It's just when you don't take into consideration the other people on the train. That's what really drives me crazy. Um, his other question is, what are your favorite hockey movies... He says he has to go with Miracle himself. Shout out to the Goon, though. Surprisingly entertaining. My answer is now and forever Slapshot. It is the crown jewel of sports movies, let alone hockey movies. Um, And then, of course, the original Mighty Ducks was fantastic. Um, But I I liked Goon. I liked Miracle, even though I knew the ending. Uh, I thought it was a little bit Hollywood hokey, a little bit. But um, But you know what
1: that story is, though.
3: What about um, did you like Mystery Alaska? I never,
1: I've never seen Mystery Alaska.
3: Mystery Alaska is the the bump we use in the open. If you don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net, you don't got dinky do. That's uh, <laughs> that's Mike Myers, who is portraying like a Don Cherry type character in the movie. So that wow. I liked uh, Mystery Alaska again, a little bit hokey, but Russell Crowe is in it. He's like the lead actor in the movie. Um, pretty good story, pretty cool, far fetched but entertaining. Get some good hockey uh, lingo in there. Um. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Mr. Alaska, but I think for sure there's no doubt that my favorite is Slapshot. There's no doubt.
1: I, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna say Slapshot is second for me. I really I thought Miracle captured it perfectly. I think it would have been really easy to screw that movie up and just rely on the power of the story to kind of carry the day. And I think that they they nailed it. Like uh, Kurt Russell played a fantastic Herb Brooks. Yeah, he was and great. I really, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the writing was excellent. I thought the hockey action, which is always, that's always the thing that you kind of pay attention to in movies is like how realistic the, you know, game action looks. That's something I always kind of notice. I thought the game action in Miracle was really well shot and really kind of captured the intensity of that whole, uh, that whole game. And really that whole Olympics. I thought that was fantastic.
3: All right. Next email here is from mailman Tom. He says, Dear Jay and James, I listened to you guys while delivering my mail route out here in Las Vegas and enjoy yes! it immensely. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. He says, I can't agree with you guys on finding the style of play of the Senators and Predators enjoyable. Any team that plays a neutral zone trap on a continual basis should be banished from the league. <laughs> he says, just kidding, but it scares me that they're finding success with it based on the copy- copycat style Of teams in the nhl keep up the good work and i'll be listening while melting in the desert heat uh ottawa was absolutely just boring their opponents to death uh i forget which senator player said it before game seven but he said we're going to bore them out of the building they didn't really do that that. it was a competitive game but um look when you get in the playoffs and you know you're outmatched talent wise you've got to find your way you've got to find a way to compete and to to sort of uh you know offset the the imbalance of talent so if that's what it takes, it sucks. I do wish they would sort of outlaw that. But it's hard to enforce. You know, no, like, yeah. what are you gonna the blow the play gonna, dead? Oh, yeah. that's a trap. Hockey is so fast moving that it's hard to you know, it's not like offsides in football where it's obvious, right? Um, it's not like an
1: illegal zone defense in the NBA used to be. It's not you can't blow a play dead because a team is defending in a certain way. Just not it's not practical.
3: Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, email here from one of our new uh, dedicated fans, Tiffany Fruy. I believe I said that right. She said, "I
1: believe she is insanely dedicated." So hopefully, we're saying her name yes, right.
3: She won. I think she won a Trent Yanni card. Uh, she did. Congratulations to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: that was epically funny. I enjoyed that.
3: She said, "Here's my first question: Were you able to watch any of the World Championship games that Russia played?" I'm asking because I'm wondering if Panera was taking shots from different locations than he had been during the playoffs, which allowed him to score 17 points in nine games, or is it just that he had more room since the ice is bigger? Good question. I asked our friend uh, Blackhawks Breakdown about this, and while he said there's no shot charts indicating uh, where shots are coming from for this tournament, um, his perception was that he was getting better shots from better places, but he also sort of chalked it up to lesser competition um, You know, you're not playing against the big, bad NHL players who are, you know, playoff proven and trying to win something they care deeply about. And, yes, right. the ice made a difference as well. So I think that was a big factor in Panarin scoring more points than he did in the playoffs.
1: Anything that's going to make him play with more confidence and more speed, I'm totally okay with. And if that's kind of the thing that flips the switch with him and kind of gets him to diversify his game a little bit, I'm all for it. And I really – I was very impressed with how he handled himself in the tournament. I really think that he was one of the most exciting players on the ice from any team, and I thought it was really, really fun to watch him on that stage. And even though it meant the Blackhawks were out of the playoffs, I still enjoyed it. Definitely.
3: And the World Championships happen every year, and they're always fun. So make sure you watch those when the Hawks are out. Uh, I mean, yeah, any, any of
1: those tournaments, like Memorial Cup, the World Junior Championships. like Did you watch any, any opportunity- of that last night, by the way? The, I uh, did not. No, I first ugh, I shift, was on my way home and I missed it. For, man.
3: First shift to Brinkett was making things happen, man. Like the second they dropped the puck, you could tell that he was one of the guys on the ice that was a step higher than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That dude looks legit. And what I liked about him was the fact that despite his size, he was not shying away from corners and things like that. Um, he was really getting involved. And the name is escaping me, and I'm going to punch myself in the face. The little penguins forward uh, that's, involved so much uh in these playoffs why am i blanking on this connor Sheary. Oh, there you oh go. man that that kid that's another guy small but has an influence every time he's on the ice when he listen to the next time the penguins play you're gonna hear Sheary. you'll hear doc emmerich say Sheary a million times he is so involved in what the penguins do um and yeah you talk about crosby you talk about malkin but they've had a lot of like their second tier guys step up and help and that's is what the Hawks had when they were winning Stanley Cups. That's what it takes. It's that depth, and you've seen it from Nashville, and you've seen it from Pittsburgh, and that's why they're the two teams there. And by the way, I said that I was wrong about Eric Carlson not being able to lead his team to the Stanley Cup. Oh, my God. But technically. What
1: a playoff for him.
3: Technically, I was right.
1: Technically, you were right, but Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson, like. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I, I know you're never going to give the Con Smythe to a guy that didn't make the Stanley Cup final. No, yeah, yeah. Eric right. Carlson was in that. I think he was the runaway favorite if Ottawa had gotten into the Stanley Cup final. You know what? He had an incredible run. I
3: disagree. If Ottawa made the Cup final, my vote for Con Smythe would be Craig Anderson.
1: I I love Craig I mean he's obviously you know Chicago area native Craig Anderson this guy
3: knows what it means to be Chicago
1: that's right they should trade that bum Corey Crawford for that guy let me tell you I I really I really do think that I still would have voted Eric Carlson because there's no way in hell that team makes it you know through one round of the playoffs much less three without him he is just an otherworldly talent he's an amazing player
3: true but I'm still right technically scientifically yeah, i'm correct yeah, yeah. all right second question I, again from... i am right in my analysis <laughs> uh second question from tiffany getting greedy with the questions tiffany whoa, wanna... whoa 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 <laughs> you win one on a card and you have no numerous thoughts yeah what do you think wow. this is
1: what do, you, what do you think this is this isn't some kind of democracy <laughs> i almost don't, i almost want to cut her off no we can't but uh, we're not going to she's because
3: we're nice too... just wait to hear what she's doing uh second question why are the officials not calling penalties during the playoffs this year especially when it seems like a lot more players are being injured this year than previously. I started rewatching the 2015 playoffs, and the officials are calling a much tighter game, and I'm on the Game 4 versus Nashville, and there are not as many penalties called because the officials called them in the earlier games, and the players adjusted. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think that hockey should be called the same year-round. I don't think there should be special rules for the playoffs.
1: I just, I... mm. I I think it's human nature. I don't think this is some directive by the league. I th- I think it's human nature that you you don't want a call that's somewhat borderline to end up deciding a playoff series. Okay, but you
3: the, don't But in that in that same mindset, it shouldn't decide a regular season game either. Fair enough. If it, that that's a fair point. That, that's what I'm not saying call more in the playoffs. I'm saying maybe call less in a regular season. They should sort of, you know, be look the same. Because if you're going to let guys get away with stuff in the playoffs, that they're not—it slows the game down, right? It makes the game not as competitive, not as interesting, not as pretty to look. It, it, look, I think you should have consistent rules from game one till the end of the playoffs, and that should be it. I don't care if you want to call it tighter, call it looser, whatever, but just keep it the same. That's all. I concur. All right. Uh, email here from Paul Toback. Real short. Says he doesn't have the cash for a Patreon donation, but he whipped up something for us. Uh, It is a really sweet. I'm going to post a picture of this on um, the Madhouse Pod Twitter once I get Paul's info so people can order these from him. It's a woodcrafted Blackhawks six-pack tote. It is badass. So he's going to donate one of these for us to give away. Um, So, Paul, thank you for that. Uh, I'll be getting in touch with you soon to get your info. So if someone's interested in ordering one of these they can, Uh, they are awesome they make a great gift, make a great thing for yourself he said he can do all the teams the Hawks, Bears, whatever Cubs, Sox, whatever you want to do, he can make it they are sweet looking, I'll make sure I tweet it out so thanks Paul for donating that to the cause, and uh, we'll be in touch so people can buy these things for you so you can make some money, they are sweet
1: they are pretty cool, and I've seen them in person because I've had a beer with Paul before, and he is a good chap
3: that's right, you have had beer with Paul yes I have all right, I'm gonna find one more here uh, because we're running out of time. We got one here from Gingerburger. Gingerburger. Uh, he actually changed his Twitter name to Gingerburger. You know that? I saw
1: that. We we have we have officially influenced someone. I'm glad
3: we're influencing your life, <laughs> <Gingen> Burger. Burger. <laughs> he says, "I haven't emailed in a while. I have dropped the puck." Bad joke, correct? No, that oh, that's
1: I appreciate it. Though uh,
3: he said you usually hear more nostalgia attached to baseball parks, but with the Joe closing, what hockey arena is a destination site? I can't really say I have one that sticks out as a destination place. Nashville, Nashville is destination hockey, and here's why: the fans are rabid. They may not be the smartest. They may not truly understand the game. They may have some amateurish uh, little chants and dumb stuff. But those people are engaged the entire length of the game. It's an awesome atmosphere. And when the game's over, you walk out to the Nashville Strip. Which is my happy place on Earth, and uh, I highly recommend it. The building itself. Why is your
1: life a bachelor? Is your life a bachelorette party?
3: Yes, it's a bachelorette party. That's what my life is. I have a big veil <laughs> with penises on it that I wear all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my life. All the... I worked at the farmers market today, actually. Um, no, but v- the Vegas trip is awesome. I'm going to Vegas, uh, Vegas, Nashville, um, the week of the f- week of Fourth of July. So if you see me, say hello. Um, mm. But man, Nashville is the place to go. Uh, for really everything i love it if you have any use for music in your life even if you're not a big like country music i'm using air quotes talking about like jason aldean and luke bryan and all the bro country in nashville you can totally get away from that stuff and find the real stuff for free at any bar you want uh cheap beer awesome time nashville's great and going to a predators game whether it's against the hawks or not is always a great time so that would be my number one recommendation number two for places i've been i would say toronto again just sort of a diehard crazy fan base that loves hockey they care about it deeply and that's another fan base that's deeply deeply uh affected by their hockey um other places i've been columbus is cool not terribly awesome you know it's it's a cool place though i like the city yeah the city there's stuff to do around there yeah uh st louis if you want to go for one day yeah, not really um <laughs> i've been to tampa which is nothing to write home about aside from the fact that it's florida and there's always stuff to do in florida um where else have i been uh i think that's it it's for, oh i've been to the joe and the joe was fantastic and it sucks that it closed but we warned you guys we told you for two years go see the joe before it closes james did got me a uh nice uh what would you call it, like a memorial puck or whatever like yeah, a souvenir momentum. puck?
1: Just, yeah, a nice little souvenir puck, yeah. That's
3: going on my sports wall in my basement, which is coming along nicely. you got to see it, James. I found my autographed Bob Probert photos, and mm-hmm. I, put, I put those up on my sports wall, so uh, it's coming I along. I keep trying to
1: invite myself over, and you keep declining it, so... Well,
3: we're never home. That's the problem. But you're coming over soon. Once we get through, here's, here's the deal. Tomorrow is Eddie's birthday party. We've got like 75 people coming over. Uh, then my parents. Thanks are for the invite to
1: that by I, the way There's a
3: family I didn't invite We just can't fit everybody
1: um,
3: <laughs> Then we have my parents are moving And then after that I'm free So we'll we'll hook up after that We'll do an in-person huh. podcast again in my basement
0: For the Facebook
3: people And hopefully we'll get something set up with Chuck's Or Mariska's one of these days And get a remote broadcast going too And again we need that monitor So you guys can hear us broadcasting So uh, if you want to kick up those Patreon donations It would help Patreon.com slash pod We're very close to what we need, but we're not quite there just yet. So anything you could donate this month would be very, very helpful. So we can get out to you and do some broadcasts. Uh so you can see us and meet us and shake hands with us. And maybe I'll pick you out a card in person. Alright, do you have our winner for the email?
1: It was a narrow race this week. I really I dug mailman but I am going with Wally.
3: Alright, we're going with Wally. I have a stack here. Hang on, I'm still in the rubber band. There's got to be a hundred cards in the stack. I'm gonna Oh, you're going, you're going stack now. Ooh. All right, on top of the stack is Felix Podvan. On the bottom of the stack is Seku Koivu. Hmm. So you're not getting either of those. I'm just going to randomly cut the deck. Oh, <laughs> I love this card. <laughs> this is the Olaf Kolzig card where he's eating a hot dog that says Olaf on it yes that is one of my favorite <laughs> cards ever and i hesitate to give it away because i like it so much but i'm gonna because i love our podcast listeners this is one yes. of my all-time favorite hockey cards uh look it up on uh face on google it is the uh it's a pinnacle ninety five ninety six 96 olaf kolzig and he's sitting on the bench no helmet and he's holding a hot dog and in mustard it's it spells out olaf on the hot dog it is an awesome oh my hockey God. card
1: that is hilarious. So,
3: Wally, congratulations. You are the winner of my favorite all-time hockey card. So, give it a good home. Take care of it. Love it like I always have. And uh, we appreciate you emailing. Thanks for emailing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back next week with a brand new Madhouse pod. Probably mid, I would think by that time, we will probably be, what, game three, game four or so? It'll be around then, yeah. So, uh, we'll be breaking down the Stanley Cup final looking ahead to the blackhawks offseason and the draft uh but until then thank you all for listening please have a safe and uh and and good memorial day holiday relax be safe drink responsibly all that stuff we want you guys back for the next podcast but until then for my partner, James DeVille, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanking you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's and and Hill family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Until next time, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.